Hello, everybody. My guest today is an experienced health and weight loss coach from JD Active. Weight loss coaching works. She works directly with clients and draw on her experience across the areas of fitness, personal development, nutrition, and overall health. Her mission is to provide healthy solutions to the world. One person at a time, one day at a time, one step at a time, one solution at a time. Please welcome to the show, Julie Hobbs. Thanks, Pete. Glad to be here. Thanks, Julie. Thank you for being here today. But you're a weight loss coach. Yep. So, what inspired you uh, to become a weight loss coach? What was that journey to towards becoming a becoming one? I'm one of those people who, through job situations, I sort of get a bit bored. <laughs> so I kept moving every two years. But I always had an interest in fitness. I was always keeping myself relatively fit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But that's not why I got into it. But I just came across a lady who was running <clears throat> a course um, with a group of ladies and I was at the stage where I didn't know where I wanted to do or whatever, so... For about six weeks, we used to meet once once a week and go through a process. And sometimes, you know how you hear about something where you keep walking over the doormat, but you don't see it. <laughs> um, I haven't heard this analogy, haven't but I, I get the point. No. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. A lot of times, you walk over the doormat, but you don't notice what's actually on the doormat. And then, yeah. I, and what happened was, is that she sort of opened my eyes up to 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 looking at getting into the fitness side. So. That's what I started to to do, and I was probably in my early forties. So, as I say to people, it's never too late to start something. Yeah, actually, or late thirties, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I sort of ended up doing personal training one on one. But I just sort of, I don't know. I mean, I love the personal training, but I just felt that there was just something missing. It's um, a very technical role, isn't it? You yeah, learn all is. the exercises, you become passionate about the training side of it, and you become really, really a tech- technically skilled person. And that's your environment, and people come in and see you for an hour, and you go through the exercises with them and coach them on the phone. But absolutely, I can relate. I mean, I've, myself, I've been a personal trainer for, for about eight years. So, yeah, I think I think what you're about to say, I, th- I think I know what you're about to say. But go ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just felt that there was something missing. And so when I was always doing courses, as you know, you've got to keep up your points for two yep. years. I'd always go on the nutrition side. But then I came across um, a gentleman by the name of Ben Physic. And I'd always ben struggled. Ben Physic? Ben Physic, yes. Mm-hmm. He's the founder of Weight Loss Coaching Works. Yep. And he was talking about this lifestyle program and I, it got my interest because I thought, well, he's talking about two pieces of fruit a day. <laughs> and he was talking talking about, you know, having your, your carbs and, and you know, having your, your bit of protein. And I thought, hmm, that seems pretty simple. <laughs> so I got in touch with him and, and, yeah, that's where my journey started. But, of course, I'm one of these people who walks the talk. So my first person who did the program was my partner, David, because <laughs> okay. I wanted to see if it did actually work before I got into it. So, yeah. So he, he was the lab rat to, to, to put <laughs> him through the program and see if it works, okay? Exactly. Because <laughs> I didn't really have, I only had a couple of kilos to lose, whereas he had a lot more. <laughs> yeah. How long ago was that? Oh, gee, probably 12, 12 years ago. Okay. So that's how long you've been with this organization? Yeah, right from the beginning. So it's, yeah, it's we were right there from the start when Ben started it. So it's been a very, very interesting and a very fulfilling journey seeing seeing how weight loss coaching works has evolved and also to seeing, yeah, the, the people who come through the program. Mm. <clears throat> I think the, 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 the interesting things of this type of emerging new businesses at the start is and, and after years of being in operation you get to see that the, the systems become a little bit more sophisticated you know how things are being done the branding sort of evolves and and it's just interesting to see how it grows right and how it attracts people and how it helps people right would have been an interesting journey yeah well because when, when we started way back facebook wasn't around <laughs> so um, it was yeah going back so, to the old old days of text, yeah, phone calls, text messaging and actually like 
physically going and seeing someone in their home, so which we still do, but yeah, it's just I mean, thank goodness for technology, yeah. Um, but yeah, and Zoom has also <laughs> changed that as well, made things a lot easier, <clears throat> isn't it? Oh, definitely. So, let's talk a little about for the listeners who, who sort of Obviously, I know a, a little bit about what you do and, and how you guys how you guys provide the service. But let's talk talk about it for the listener who's sort of interested, get to know a bit more about you know weightless coaching works. How do you guys? How does a normal journey? Say somebody listening right now that you know they're really overweight and looking at listening to this and thinking, you know what what is this about? You know, I'm interesting. How do they start? And what is the journey? Generally, what happens is is people see because we we use Facebook. So you can, like people look under Weight Loss Coaching Works or they look under JD Active and they might they might be friends of friends of someone on Facebook. And so generally what happens is they'll see photos or they might be out and about and bump into a friend they haven't seen for ages. So generally what they do then is they um, send us a message just so, look, I've seen someone, I need, you know, further information and what to know, want to know um, more about it. So we get in touch with them and have a chat and start the process to see, get them to research it and see if it's something that's going to actually work for them. Yeah. Because we want to so, make sure that they're a 10 out of 10 because <laughs> if right. they're not, yeah, we always ask that question on the scale. And I, I guess what you, what you mean that by that, <clears throat> you can correct me if I'm wrong, but are you you're talking about somebody who's serious? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, look, how many times have you heard somebody say, oh, look, I've started this, started that, and they just keep stopping and starting, stopping and starting. Mm. Um, so we do ask that question, like on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being you really badly want this. Yep. And if, you know, if they're a 9 or a 10, yep, if they're a 5, then, yeah, we probably give them a few little suggestions and then we, you know, keep in touch with them over the next couple of months. Because, you know, they've failed enough and we just don't want to add that other pressure on if they're just a five. Plus, your business is called, you know, you've got the word coaching in it, which means, you know, you're you're about to, coaching means, you know, you show somebody the way. You're not going to, yeah. you know, you're not called, hey, I'll, I'll hold you by a hand and I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it. And, you know, that doesn't, it's not how it works, right? So, so setting accountability and seriousness needs to be there from their side in order for it to work. Yeah. So let's yeah. say let's say we've got a ten out of ten person there. What happens then? We have a group of people and we get together and do a Zoom so that mm -hmm. they can find out more about it. It's more the stories. Like I'm not one of these people. I'm not the magic, and we're very big about that. I mean, I could talk for two hours on what people should do but it's mm. the stories from people so what we do is we get people to listen to other people's stories and we find that they generally relate to one of those stories and then they start to get the belief that yep this could possibly you know possibly work for them and yeah we're there then too because we know we know if they're a nine or a ten then mm. we know they can do it yeah but they just need that support and, and encouragement so then they basically come on board and, yeah, we, we're in touch with them every day. So and the, the big one is the encouragers. We have a great community and, yeah, because other people are on the journey so they have a great support so people can support them and know exactly what they're going through because, of course, you're not going to lose weight every day. Mm, and that's, yes. the, that's the most challenging one when those scales are not being very nice to you, <laughs> yeah. which happens all the time. So. Yeah, so there's a community there supporting them. Sounds like the whole thing from from the get go, from you know how they find about you, is all driven by social proof. So once they once they get in a program, there's additional social proof by listening to the stories of other people that have done it and have achieved results, and then the ongoing being part of the community, right? And I believe yeah. from my memory, uh, what you said before when we spoke before this before this show, you said you guys very much it's very much personal right do you, you go like other people's houses where they like you know get together and people get to share is that how you guys do it as well i mean obviously now like you mentioned zoom but not under normal circumstances yeah we did that in the past have a couple of people over and 
because <clears throat> it's more personal then they get to meet you face to face and then they sort of feel comfortable and you know get to be able to talk to other people who are on the program so they can actually see for themselves but as i said it's a great community the healthy community it's, everybody is there just to encourage and also to the biggest one i think we find and we hear that one is the daily accountability from people but the other one is the the audios because as we know anybody can lose weight <laughs> i mean it's not that hard but unless you change what's happening up in your brain um everybody just goes back to their bad habits so yeah. it's just human nature so and we call it the chemical change and once somebody has that chemical change <clears throat> and we see it a lot in our clients yeah we just find that doesn't matter what problems come up whether their weight's going up and down a little bit or personal things happen they just seem to be able to you know handle it a lot better because they're a lot stronger and it's not until something happens like that that they realize how powerful the audios have been right so that's a it's an audio element to the program so yeah i know you guys are doing walking walking there's the big element of it is going for walking distances every day yep that's and it that, just walking just walking okay cool <laughs> I mean, but, for somebody who is morbidly obese, that's that is the best form of activity because it's it safe. Is, yeah, it's yeah, it's a great way to start. Absolutely. And so they listen to the audio, say they can do that on their own. And then you also, I believe, you also do like a group walking, like going together. Yeah, we have group walks. We used to have well, massive walks every Saturday morning. You know, it'd be about two hundred people. Yeah, so that's what I mean. And they're all over us, like Australia. They have um, walking groups, all different sizes. So, and overseas as well. <clears throat> but it's interesting because a gentleman wrote a book on motion, motion of walking, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And he said that you actually get smarter by walking. <laughs> so I like that one. <laughs> Just by walking. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you, when you walk, I mean, you can focus on stuff because you don't have to really think when you walk right i mean but you don't have to think like left leg's gonna go forward and then my right leg's gonna go forward you just, you just no. walk right so it's it, it's very powerful he actually said and it's interesting because i've actually talked to a few other people about it and i said to them it's roughly about i think after about 30 minutes i think he said that you start to actually like think about things and plan things and you you, you have a lot more cl um, clarity on things that are going on and the number of people that I've actually asked that and they go yeah that's actually right and they said about half an hour into the walk they start to either think about what they're doing for the day or whatever it is that they're thinking about they have more clarity so. it makes more it makes perfect sense because when you think about it, there's no distraction you're just outside no. there's no computer screen in front of you you're just walking and so absolutely there's nothing else to distract you so you just got the only the only thing you can do is just having having reflection time or think or future plan, but there's no things that popping up left and right on your screen. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, for for me, I can definitely relate. I mean, even today, I mean, wasn't walking, was doing a workout, just body weight, you know, uh, interval training session. But it was forty five minutes, and after about first twenty minutes, when you you know you get through the first the rough patch, you know the, the intensity, you know burning muscles and everything. Once once you get through that, I sort of get in a zone and I just continue my workout and but thinking about you know a particular thing that I need to do later and with good clarity and good focus. So yeah, absolutely, and over you know the whole overarching thing, you know with with what you guys do, it's it's trying to change change to one person at a time and we're really talking here about obesity i mean that is a yeah. problem right how how bad is it? how bad is the obesity problem right now it is really bad <laughs> i mean all you have to do is just google i from what i've seen we're not i think we're the head of america now or we're just catching up so it's but the frightening one is is the kids mm. i think like if you go into schools these days it I think most of the kids in the class would be probably overweight. There'd be, I can remember when I was at school and there'd be probably one or two kids overweight and all the rest would be, you know, normal. But I think these days there'd be a high percentage who are overweight and there'd be a very small percentage 
who are um, actually at their correct weight for their age. <clears throat> so it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. It feels like it's just going to get worse. Well, I they mean, keep, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff out there. I mean, no wonder people are confused. You know, they keep telling, oh, you know, they come out and say, oh, well, you know, try this, try that, you know, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on because over the last 30 years we're getting fatter and, and there's type 2 diabetes is just exploding. And there it is. Look, Department of Health. In 2017 to 18, the Australian Bureau of Statistics National Health Survey showed that two-thirds of Australian adults were overweight or obese. That's 12.5 million people, an increase from 63.4% in 2014. That's just in three three to four years. That's ridiculous. And I mean, yeah, that's so bad. I mean, I, I know when I was a kid, when I was in my teens, I was like, you know, 14, 15. I certainly wasn't on the phone or playing computer no. games. I was out on the street with my mates. We actually did breakdance. <laughs> and not just like for an hour. We literally like every single day we met and we practiced, you know, breakdance literally. And we didn't have any coaches. We just beat our bodies around, you know, try and do some, you know, spinning on our head or doing these different tricks and, you know, these dance moves and trying to connect it into some cool, you know, breakdance routine. And, we would do it for three, four hours every day, yeah. just hanging out, you know, doing a little bit, of, little bit of moving around, a bit of training, you know, having a giggle, but always outside. You don't see that anymore. No. Not, not in such a great, great scale. No. I mean, look, kids go to kids' sport. You see mums yeah. and dads. But it's interesting because, like, they're so busy taking their kids to sport, kids' sports every day. And I, I, sometimes I ask my clients, I say, well, when do you actually sit down and have a family meal? And they look at me, <laughs> Just, you know, what's a family meal where you all sit down together at the table? <laughs> they don't have time. So I just think, well, no wonder. I mean, it's not the parents' fault at all. It's mm. just the way society is these days. I mean, they're trying to keep their kids active. <clears throat> but both parents also work. I met a family oh, about five years ago and I just happened to ask the question. I said, oh, when you were at home, I said, um, you know, was your mum at home when you got home from school? And they said, no. And I just, it was a light bulb moment for me because <clears throat> I thought, well, they were never there to see. Like I was, when I came home, my mum, she used to always get me to peel potatoes and help get the meal. So that's how I sort of learnt about food and eating. But I think that, that couple that I met, I just thought, well, they didn't have that opportunity because the parents came home. They were tired. They'd probably, you know, get something out of a jar or something that's nice and quick and easy. And mm. yeah, so as I said, it's a different society these days. There was even a documentary somewhere where they showed, you know, different pieces of vegetable or fruit to kids. They didn't know what that was. It was no. a potato. <laughs> I know, now, it's frightening. Just so we take some of that depressive stuff out of the way, because obviously this show is called <laughs> Success is Inspired. <laughs> yeah, there is a solution. And uh, for our listeners, they're all about inspiration. So let's, let's, let's keep them inspired. So yeah. anybody listening right now, look, if you're, if you're in that tough spot that you, you're out of weight and you want to do something, the first thing, ask yourself, why? You know, you can do a simple exercise. You know, you can close your eyes and think, trying to see yourself, you know, future project yourself in 12 months. Imagine you see yourself now looking a little leaner and ask yourself a couple of questions that might help you with that. You know, what will that allow you to do? How will you feel? You know, trying to keep that image in your head and hopefully that creates a bit of an anchor so that when you open your eyes, you're like, okay, well, this is a reality. I mean, there's so much great stuff on the internet. You can go on YouTube and just Google, you know, a motivational speaking, you know, videos. Because I mean, when when you when you create a, a, a vision, when you dream something, and you truly put your focus and energy towards that positive outcome, then your brain will automatically naturally start, you know, lining up towards that. I mean, it's the it's the it's the power of 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 will, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not probably, there's a better way to say it, but you get my drift. I do. 
And look, there are lots of people out there. Like we have our clients who, I mean, I always say to them, you know, have a look at Keith Abraham. He's he's the absolute expert on 100 dreams. And people look at me and go, 100 dreams? I'd be struggling to write down five. Mm. So I said, well, go and have a look. I said, he's, he's fantastic and he's also fantastic at goal setting. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, people out there that you can, as you say, that you can listen to. So... Let's talk about goal setting for a little bit that you brought it up. What do you see as the number one problem people do or, or the number one thing people do wrong when they try to set their goals? Well, interesting that one. I was talking to a lady many, many years ago and, I, and she was always trying to lose weight. And I, and I asked her the question. I said, well, what's your goal date? <laughs> and she went, goal date? She said, I don't have a goal date. And I said, well, it would really help if you actually did. I said, because it would be like kicking a soccer ball around and you don't have any goalposts. You're just going to go nowhere. And she went, hmm, that's a good point. I think that's probably one of the things that people don't don't have a goal date or they don't have something that they're, like we always say to people, you know, if you've got something special coming up or, I mean, it's a bit challenging now, but you can travel regional mm. <laughs> or maybe Queensland later on but you know we ask them put a got you know put a date have, a, have an actual date so that you can then having that specificity absolutely yeah, otherwise you're never going to reach it if you don't so, have a date. that sort of goes back to what i said you got to visualize it and and put some specifics i mean we we you know most people have heard the analogy of smart goals you know specific measurable attainable realistic and timely that is a key and to any goal, whether it's a you know business goal trying to you know grow your business or it's your own personal health and fitness, you definitely got to lock that in because I mean if you're trying to achieve something, how are you going to achieve it if you don't know what it is and if you don't have it defined specifically, right? Yeah, I mean, how many times have we told you have to write it down? Yeah, <laughs> we go, oh yeah, okay, no, <laughs> and then Absolutely. one day you do actually go and write it down, and it's. I mean, people ask us about, you know, keeping a, a food diary. And they go, oh, do we have to write it? And we go, yep, <laughs> the old-fashioned way. Because if you don't write it down, it doesn't doesn't go into the brain. So mm. it's, it's the same with the goals. Until you put it down on paper and put a date on it or have a photo, have a photo as well, um, yeah, you've got to visualise it. You have to see it. And I know and everybody has heard that many times. Yeah, but I mean it's true, and it, it's, what we're talking about here is trying to change the course, the, the the direction that you're going. We talk about habits, and if you talk about nutrition, if you if you're eating poorly, and if you're trying to change that course, how are you gonna do it? You first need to realize what you're doing wrong, and a lot of times people don't realize what they're doing wrong. So, writing it down, making a journal of a full day over a course of maybe a one week, where you get that you know where you get it all written down, then look at it give it to a professional, we can give you some tips and then implement. Yeah. It's always, I people say to me, oh, I don't need to write my journal. And I go, well, just do it for a week. I guarantee whatever you're thinking up in your mind is different to what you're going to write down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it always is. So. We've also heard the definition of insanity, right? Expecting a different result without you know, changing your actions. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one other thing I, I would like to add with the goal setting is, so yes, absolutely, set your goal that is sort of specific, timely, attainable, and you know, that sometimes you may not know you know, how to define that. Well, again, you can always talk to somebody, you know, we'll be talking about if it's specific to losing a certain amount of weight, you know, there is a, a number that you can calculate based on what's, you know, a safe, healthy weight loss, right? What, what is a, yeah. what is a, for the listeners, what is a, ideal sort of weight loss on a, on a weekly basis how much should somebody expect to lose without you know being it too drastic i mean it depends on again how much they've got to lose i mean if you've got 50 kilos compared to someone who's got like you know 10 or 15 yeah but i mean look i would probably say the average is well it's different for a male and female I know females get annoyed, but sorry, yeah. we we lose a little bit slower. <laughs> but I mean, look, for a male, if they're you no, know, if they're following the program and 
I'd probably say the average would be probably a kilo, a kilo a week for a male. As I said, that's if they've got quite a bit to lose. And for a female, probably half to maybe 800 grams. But, -hmm. of course, some weeks are going to be more and some weeks are going to be less. Yeah. So obviously, if you're if you're like 150 kilos on on the scale, then yeah, you will see you'll see a, a faster rate of, <laughs> of weight loss initially about a kilo because it's just with that mass. If you the moment you start walking, carrying those extra 50 or 70 kilos, that's on its own. It's going to be so metabolically intense that you will see a drop, and then and then and then about half a kilo there. Yeah. So okay, so if we talk about half a kilo a week, then you can easily calculate that. Yeah. Right. So but they've, you know, I mean, there's research out there now saying that if if people can see, you know, quite a quick drop of weight in the first week to two weeks, and they're more motivated to, to stay on the journey. So, mm. whereas in the old days, they used to say, well, you know, if you if you lose like half a kilo or or three hundred grams a week or whatever, that's you know fine. But most people didn't stay, didn't last. So generally, if you can get like you know one or couple of maybe two or three kilos in the first week to two weeks, then, yeah, people are very motivated to continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, back to you. Which hurdles did you have to, uh, you know, personally face and, and how did you overcome them over the course of your life? Hurdles? Oh, my goodness. I think my biggest one is procrastination. <laughs> and so, how do you overcome it? Well, you know, I still have... Probably a few little challenges with that. <laughs> it's funny because, like, some things I don't procrastinate on. I just go and jump in and, you know, think, okay, well, let's go and do it and, tr- and try it. Depends on what it is. But I think it's, you know, I think sometimes you just got to, as I sometimes say, just got to suck it up and go and, go and do it. I mean, if you fail, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You've learned from it. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's what stops a lot of people who procrastinate is the fear of failing. But I think if, and it's not, a, I wish they reword that fail. <laughs> but I mean, you look at how many entrepreneurs out there who are very famous and how many times they've failed, but you come out learning so much and also to so much stronger. So absolutely nothing to be afraid of no No, don't be afraid of failure (laughs) exactly no and bringing that back to weight loss oh yeah it's a big one Mm. it does play on people's minds um especially when they don't see something happening for two two weeks which can happen i mean happens to everyone can happen sometimes for three or four weeks and they always you know it's they think, oh, what am I doing wrong, you know, but, you know, they're not. It's just their body just being stubborn. And, you know, eventually, and I always believe this, is that if you just keep going, your body will eventually think, oh, well, okay, you're going to keep doing that. Well, then I'll just I'll let it go again. And all of a sudden, bang, the weight just starts dropping off again. So I think the body just tests you, that mind. It's just testing you to see if you're going to mm. keep keep going and also body is very complex so it's not as easy as thinking okay i'm just gonna you know uh rest you know go on a bit more restricted diet and and that's it i mean there's so much more to it there's your hormones might be out of whack playing out because of you know having a stressful week which is you know resulting in an increase in you know cortisol levels which then you know prevents you from you know you know happening certain things you know losing losing weight and so, yeah, like you said, you just got to sometimes you're not going to see a progress, uh, but focusing on that end goal in mind, it's always the weight because eventually you'll get there. And sometimes it's also when it, when it comes to, you know, that, that number on a scale, I also like to say to people like, okay, well, now if you've already, you're like in a, you know, a two, digit, two digit number, say you, you, you'd like to be 50 and you're at 60, sometimes you're not going to see that different number at all. You might actually end up achieving your result in a in a slightly different way, where in the program you might be still not be fifty, but your body fat percentage is entirely different. Right? Yeah, look, we find um like, and it happens to everybody that the scales are not sometimes your best friend, but 
I mean, the one thing is like with males, you always say, well, how are the belt notches going? And they go, oh, well, it's gone down three. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, the body shape's changing. And then like with the females, you have them where they're getting a little bit annoyed. So they'll, you know, go out and they'll they'll come back and say, oh, I just went into a dress shop and, you know, I used to buy a size 16 and now I'm buying a 12. <laughs> so <laughs> you just yeah. go, there you go, you see. Scales mm. don't always, always show what's happening in the Absolutely. Body, in the so, and that's, that's a very important message because, again, that can, that can really turn somebody off and, and, and demotivate them altogether, being too focused on just that number on the scale. Yes, it's a, it's it's good to use it as a, as a measure, especially if you're in those three-digit numbers. But yeah, like maybe reflect on other areas of your well-being. You can reflect on your mood for the for the most of the day. You can reflect every day how did you felt for the most of the day. You can reflect on, you know, you can track your, you know, track on little things you've done for the day. Like have you drink this amount of water? So you kept managing your hydration levels. Did you exercise? Did you eat the right way? And then you can at the end of the week. Maybe the number on the scale didn't change, and then you you know it gives you opportunity to look at okay why, and you can see okay well I've actually felt quite shit three days out of my seven days, and yeah. you can think okay why why is it why did I felt you know not like motivated how did I why did I felt demotivated why did I felt uh, lethargic or non energetic and then you might actually realize oh hang on a minute on all those days I've had you know uh, uh, people bossing me around at work or or I've had poor cho- food choices. And then you correct the path. Everything's connected. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think through what's been happening over the last couple of months, I think a lot of people have learnt, because you are, you're learning more about your body, mm. how it reacts to things. You know, you ha- you're trying to have a better relationship with food. And I think, as you were saying about, like we do that journal, and I think some people think that just because they've had one day, <laughs> where they've been doing it right but Mm. the previous day they weren't i always use that like you're either in debit or credit so if you if you haven't been doing it right you're still in debit and then if you think that one day of doing it right it's going to fix it no you just got to keep doing that so Mm. but the biggest one has been uh, i would say stress and that's been probably one of the biggest things that we have noticed over the last couple of months with people and their weight loss because of you know, what's been happening, and it definitely plays a huge, huge Absolutely. factor. Especially yeah. since, like you said, what we know what works. We know that having that social support system, you know, being part of a network of people, it works. I mean, we as people, we are herd species. So when we are surrounded by like-minded people going through the same journey, it, it, it it's it's motivating. It feels supported. It feels like you're... Uh, part of a part of a part of a same team, and you're all working towards a similar similar outcome. So I can definitely relate. I mean, now, like you said, everybody's locked down, or everybody's at home. We've got all the social distancing, and if you are in that, you know, tough spot, you're overweight, and it's so much more easier and accessible to just put on Netflix and have a pizza. Yeah, because people keep uh, people said, "Oh, the fridge keeps calling me." <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Isn't That's it? One. Yeah. Fridge has been talking to them. Mm. <laughs> um, so, any good strategies? A, as you said, the community. I mean, you know, we always say to people, keep around the people who keep you positive and, and motivated. And if you find that you're, you know, being around people who are a little bit negative, I don't like using that word, then, you know, find people who inspire you, who will actually empower you. That's what we're very big about because most people who are going through a weight loss journey have lost their hope and confidence and we're very passionate about empowering people, you know. So that's what I say to people. I said, you know, look for communities where you're going to get that support. Absolutely. Sometimes it can be a bit challenging at home. Yeah. (laughs) Now, that's the biggest takeaway. I mean, for anyone listening, you guys... You are the average of the five people that you most hang out with. So definitely find people who are going through a similar journey. And luckily now, it's not a problem to find those people. And don't be afraid to connect with strangers. I mean, internet gives you access to anybody, and it's so easy. You can go on Facebook. You can look up groups. You know, there's weight loss groups or there's a group like, you know, Julie's, you know, weight loss coaching works. Get connected and... 
okay, social distancing, all right, fair enough. But that doesn't stop us. You can still jump on Zoom. Well, it didn't stop us. I mean, I mean we still... We still went out walking. We had a small group, but we just kept our distance and walked in twos. I mean, we found a solution. So that's what we're about. That's right. <laughs> Solutions, not excuses. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I mean, any other good strategies for somebody, you know, stuck at home, listening, their fridge calling them? <laughs> <laughs> Could say just put a lock on it. <laughs> <laughs> Or get rid of what's in there. Yeah, look, that big one, emotional eating, is a very, very challenging one. Yeah, look, we know there's lots of people out there um, who don't want to leave their home. I mean, we've had people like that. But eventually there's someone out there who is, you know, who will reach out, who, who will help you. Mm. And, you know, you will find that person. And it's just taking that step and just having... I mean, we've got the belief. We know that people can do it. Um, you just got to find that person who has the belief and trust is the big one. When we meet people who don't even know us, we just say, look, just trust us yeah. and, and we'll make sure that you get there. So, yeah. Now, let's talk about motivation because that's an interesting topic. You know, we come, we come across people, obviously yourself as well, being in the industry for a while, um, that might say, you know, I don't feel motivated. That's my problem. That's why I don't get results or that's why I haven't exercised or haven't started a program or a program, whatever that is, just because, you know, I'm just demotivated. Well, to, to that, like I'll, I'll say my part and I'll, I'll get you to sort of add, add your five cents to it. But for me personally, what, I, what I'd like to say about motivation is motivation initially, it's just a spark of interest. It's something that you see could, could happen, you know, a positively change your life and, Yes, it's great to be motivated and it's great as a, as a, as a booster, especially, you know, comes around January, you know, everybody feels motivated. But what really is it? I mean, especially in this example of January, I mean, everybody's sort of, it's a negative, a negatively infused motivation because you've, you've eaten a hell of a lot of food over Christmas. You feel bad and the social norm is, okay, well, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon getting on a fitness program is January. Okay, I'm feeling motivated. I cannot do it because of the peer pressure and I feel bad with my choices. Oh, well, that's all right. Well, if that gets you started, that's great. But studies show it doesn't last for a long time and quite a, quite a large percentage of people drop off by, by end of January or, or mid-February. So don't rely on your motivation because that's only going to help you to get started. What will help you to continue is focusing on daily habits. Right, because habits is something you do uh, regardless of how you feel. I mean, you're gonna brush your feet, brush your teeth every day, right? I mean, you're not gonna feel, you're not gonna brush your brush your teeth at night just because you feel motivated. You're gonna do it because it's good for you, right? Or I mean, habit. right? It's a habit, right? Or 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 put it even on a different example. Uh, when you when you're about to head outside, you're gonna put your put a clothes on you, right? You're not gonna walk out naked, so. right? That's <laughs> A habit. It's not something that you know. It's it's you know you don't you're not born with it. You learn. You know your parents, you know, dress you up, and then you start dressing yourself up. It's a habit, but you don't think about. It. You might think about what you're gonna wear, but you're not making a decision about. Am I gonna go out naked or am I gonna keep my clothes on? No, you're just gonna get dressed and you're gonna do it. And and how come? Well, it's simple. You've done it over thousands of times in your life and and it's basically that's those neural connections you know in your brain it's just strong so you don't even have to think about it so when you get on a program focus on implementing habits that are easy to start with and focus on repetition don't ask, don't worry about the emotion associated to it just focus on repetition and know that when you stick to the repetition results will come and the emotion whether sometimes up and down obviously that's still something that you know, you want to look at as well and and reflect on on that. And why is that? Like what we said before, but sticking to a program based on hem emotions and doing repetitive tasks is is a way to do it. And obviously, not 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 doing too many things at once, right? Don't try to reinvent the wheel in one day, right? I mean, there's so much. We're talking about nutrition. We're talking about you know adding maybe more protein to diet, adding more vegetables, more fibrous food, eating you know less processed stuff, exercising. Focusing on your breathing, hydration, avoiding uh, too much coffee. I mean, the list goes on. Don't try and implement it all in one day or one week. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's not 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 something that you you can maintain over a long time. But if you do it progressively, then it's most likely that you will 
keep those new healthy habits, right? Yeah, it's that daily routine. I think one of the challenges is I think that people, they want it now. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants everything now in society. Mm, um, big problem. Yeah, and I remember years ago I used to ask the question, well, how long did it take you to put the weight on? <laughs> and they go, oh, two years. So I'd go, well, how long do you think it's going to take to take off? <laughs> and they go, hmm. <laughs> They're thinking, oh, hopefully not two years. But, yeah, those those daily habits. And how many times, as you say, if you're trying to do everything at once, it's too much. you just got to keep it very simple. And there's a very, and I like that, the quote about that, just work on 1%. Mm. Even yeah. if it's not a day, even if it's just for that week. So if you see something through the week and you sort of think, well, how do I score myself if you're going to be, like we have our clients, we like them to walk before breakfast and, of course, now we're coming into winter and it's like four degrees and they have to get their walk in before breakfast. They go, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I must say I, I do go but I'm rugged up. But, yeah, but I love it once I get out there. But if you give yourself a score at a one out of ten and you think, oh, I'm probably a four, well, then just the 1%, how do I get from a four to a five? In the next week so yeah just a little bit extra yeah because they say the what is it the habits daily habits the daily the habits can take 63 days i think some people think it's a lot shorter Mm. but it's not yep that takes a while and so that's why yeah you need to start with a little bit don't don't try and take a big bite because you won't be able to chew it No, and you get stressed. Mm. <laughs> you don't cope. Yeah, you 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 no. put too much high expectation, and sometimes you you do really well in the first week because you are so motivated, but the next week you're not as motivated. You don't achieve it. That's even further demotivates you. So, what I like to say with habits, my my sim- my favorite analogy is it's like a highway. Imagine that you're on a highway and there's a like a really like a a dense traffic and you're a part of that traffic and now you want to do a detour of that highway uh, but there's no there's no road you know imagine on the either side of the highway there's a there's a jungle right and say okay well i actually want to go there because that's my shortcut well what do you need to do the first time you have to uh, drive off the highway and you're going to run into the bush well um, you're not going to get far but you'll get a little bit Next time you're going to go there, it's going to be a little bit easier um, because you've already driven there once. And as you continue on, you start making that new path. You have to put work. You have to chop some trees to make that path. But as you go and repetitively do it every day, then that path becomes clearer and easier to drive through. And essentially, after some time, you might even realize that behind you, the, the bush starts growing up again. And now it's just a way forward. And I think that's... I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist or anything, but I'm pretty sure that's how the brain works as well. We, we, we've got certain habits. We replace them with different habits. We do those new habits regularly and we don't do the old ones anymore. Well, what happens then? Well, those neural pathways strengthen. They get replaced with the old ones. They strengthen so new connections and the old one essentially stops existing. So then it becomes a strong habit and... Who cares about motivation? The habit will keep you going. Yeah, there's lots of research on that. It um, is. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. I think also too, when you're on a journey of weight loss, I truly believe you you can't you can't do it on your own. Mm. I mean, that's why we have people come to us. They go, oh, you know, there's a few. <laughs> that's it's like one percent maybe can yeah. do it, but yeah, yeah, no. Most people need someone. You need a buddy. You know, whether it's one person or you're in a group or something, but you definitely need somebody that you're accountable to because I know like when you're getting up in the morning to go for a walk and it's cold and if you know that there's somebody waiting for you, <laughs> you ain't going to get back into bed. So, <laughs> And I said to you, you've got to, re- got to reward yourself. Mm. So, you know, when you reach certain goals or you achieve something like, you know, you got out of bed, you know, for a month in the morning or, you know, Give yourself a pat on the back and reward yourself some way. Not with food, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not with a piece of cake. <laughs> buy something that is an investment towards a future battering. Could be buy yeah. yourself a Fitbit watch, fitness tracker, or a, 
and go in a you know a, a fitness shop and buy yourself a new workout T-shirt or something. Yeah, well, put it on Facebook. I don't know, put it on Facebook. You wouldn't believe sure. the number of yeah. people who say, like if you put that on Facebook, you'd have all these people going, oh, that's absolutely fantastic. I've done that for a whole month every morning. Well done. Absolutely, yeah. A bit so. of a social pressure helps sometimes. <laughs> Some people like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the hardest thing that you've had to overcome in your business so far? The hardest thing, I suppose... <sighs> One of the things is is we have we have a saying and I've I've learnt this over the years is that you have to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Even though you can see a brighter future for them or you can see the possibilities for them, but sometimes they can't quite see it. So we have a saying now that you know that um, you just meet meet the people where they're at and it's helped so much. Because otherwise you become more frustrated <laughs> because, you know, you're trying to help them. But sometimes you just got to go, okay, you know, I'll meet them where they're at and then we'll, you know, just help them where they are at the moment and then there's a possibility of then, you know, getting them to move on a little bit further. Well, we would like it. it to be halfway, meeting halfway on the bridge, right? But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need a bit more empathy for the person. Exactly. Listen empathy. to their story, listen to their problems, acknowledge yeah. their problems, know that you understand where they're coming from. And yeah, I mean, there's a big power in there, the power of listening. I can definitely say oh, from my experience yeah. um, as a PT, when I was doing consultations, I was terrible at first because I was like, people would tell me what they want. And I was like, okay, well, um, we're going to do this, this, this. But I wasn't actively listening. I wasn't. I wasn't as good at prescribing the solution, but I've picked myself up. On, well, not myself. I've, you know, I've done some courses and spoken to some mentors, and and then I started to focus. They told me, you know, you really got to focus. Don't talk too much. Just be a good listener. When people come to you, if they dedicate their time to sit down with you for a consultation, respect it. Ask the right questions, but let them talk. And since I've done that, I was able to create much better report, much quicker within 10 minutes. Maybe the consultation might have been 30 minutes, but within 10 minutes I was able to you know, have a bit of a synergy and by asking the right questions and getting them to talk about themselves, their struggles, their problems, and just listening, focusing what they say, and then repeating back to what I've heard to make them, make them confident that I was listening. It built trust. So not on a report, but also build trust. And then providing a solution which was specific to their needs, uh, like you said, meeting them where they're at. I was able to sign them up as a client, you know, put their credit card details down on the paper, and we started a program. So the sale was closed, and we started a program. And to me, I always felt like super excited, not just because you know I just made a sale, but I felt excited because I felt like I've just moved somebody one step closer towards them improving themselves that's the hardest thing at the beginning you gotta you gotta sell them onto something in a way that they believe in it and they fully invest in it not just financially but if they're if they're mine they're fully invested in the program and go for it so that was definitely uh, an eye-opener for me and it's something that works in any situation being a Sometimes we just get to talk less and, and listen listen more. Yes, how many times do we hear that? Everybody. Mm. It's, it's interesting like when you go out sometimes and like, I can be out with a group of people and I'm always asking open-ended questions and asking about them and then I'll meet up with my partner later and he'll say, we'll have a bit of a chat and he go, he'll say to me, do they know anything about you? Nope. <laughs> so, but that's just something I, I have learned. As you say, I've just... You've got, um, what do they say, your ears on each side. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just listen, keep your mouth shut. Because, yeah, oh, what's the one you, you, are, you you're either in, interested or interesting? <laughs> yes. And, and in the fitness industry, it's actually interesting because there's so much ego. There's oh. so much ego. Personal mm-hmm. trainers. I mean, you got 18-year-old, 20-year-olds. You know, qualifying themselves with you know certificate four with personal training qualification. And they they 
and then they start. And there's, there's, yeah, I think there's just too many people starting their journey for the wrong reason. I, I think there's too many teenagers that been, you know, working out in the gym and looking buff and feeling good and confident about themselves, and and then they want to become a personal trainer, but not often for the right reason. Sometimes experience people starting their personal training career because it's just, it's just one of they just want people like to know that they're also now a personal trainer and just to boost their ego but that's wrong and yeah, those type of people they don't last very very long in the industry no well when i got into the industry i think a personal trainer lasted not even 12 months it might have yep. been eight months or something but now i hear it's you'd be lucky to be three months but yeah, it is challenging for the young ones. And I mean, a couple of times I've asked personal trainers and I said, you know, what made you get into personal training? Oh, I love exercise. And I'm thinking, mm, wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's not why you get into it. You know, you're in it there to help. You want to help people. So, and it's interesting when you talk to people because, I mean, I know they've got to get experience, but I've heard from some people who've had personal trainers and they said that they struggle with the young ones. Because they mm. don't, they don't have that life experience. They don't know how to ask questions, but they have to learn somehow. And you go to some gyms, and they wonder why they don't get clients because they don't even say hello <laughs> when you walk yeah, in the you door. Yeah, you need social skills. You you need to be you able to do. talk to people. Um, and while I said you need to be good listeners, you also need to be able to talk to people and ask the right <laughs> questions. Exactly. Um, and no, yeah. being more experienced doesn't mean that you just continue on doing more certification programs on, on becoming more of a technician with exercises. I mean, that's great. Becoming more skilled as a technician and learning how to clean a barbell or uh, train with kettlebells, but they're all just technical skill sets, but you need to have the people skills first and foremost. I actually know personal trainers who are really good yeah, I think uh, it was one thing I learned when I was coming through as a personal trainer is that just because you're getting bored with the exercises that you're doing with your client doesn't mean that the client's bored with them. Mm. <laughs> um, and I see that a lot when I'm out and about. I see personal trainers doing things with people and I'm thinking, oh, okay, I think that personal trainer's getting was obviously getting bored with just the basic functional exercises. Um, yeah, maybe trying to get too creative. Yeah, getting too creative. Whereas, as you say, if you just stick to the basic functional ones, I mean, and you I mean, have, that, and yeah. you have that personality, and you listen, you'll be a great personal trainer. I mean, there's people, time and place, right? There's time and place. Yeah. yeah. If you got an athlete, you're training somebody for you know sports specific conditioning. Yeah. Absolutely, you need to have yeah. progressions. You need to periodize the program, and needs to be. Yeah, you need to be a bit more sophisticated programming and, and acquire a larger vocabulary of exercise that you're going to utilize in your program. But for a general person, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it for at least first couple of months you train them and just focus on those, you know, communication, relationship with that person. Yeah. I mean, I've, one of the things I've said to a couple of people over the years is, and I've always, I mean, when I was personal training, I had a personal trainer. And I say to people, when, when you're going to see someone, ask them, do they have a personal trainer? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. It was just something that I got taught when I was going through my training. And, I, I mean, people always, I mean, I'm very passionate about, like, you walk the talk. So, you know, we follow our program. It's part of my lifestyle. I've done it for mm. many, many years. I get out and I do walking, but I love it. And it's like, you know, going to see a financial planner or, or whoever, um, always ask that question, you know, because I've heard <laughs> just every now and again I hear someone say that oh, they had such a hard session that, you know, they struggled to go, <laughs> how many times do you hear this, when they go to sit on the toilet <laughs> for like three days and I'm going, what? <laughs> and I think no wonder people don't go back to a personal trainer. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what was it. I thought that was what it was. <laughs> yeah. I think, oh, my goodness, have, has somebody done that to them? I bet you they haven't. They don't know yeah. what it's like. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, you sorry. don't mind having a, having sore legs for a day, but, yeah. <laughs> but, no. That's a bit overkill for someone who's a novice, you know, at exercise. I don't think that's been very nice to them. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I've done that mistake. I, 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 when I was starting out, I thought, well, you know, the harder I'm going to push them, more adaptation will happen and faster they'll get results. And yeah, we've I've, all done. I've made, <laughs> I think I've made three people throw up in my career. Oh, really? Literally. Oh, it's not too bad. There you go. Running away, going, throwing up, literally just yeah, push no. them too hard. Yeah. And some people like that, but no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's. that's Again, I mean, maybe maybe if it's like an elite athlete and they're just trying to get in that peak. But again, yeah. I mean, no, nah, there's you should. Or their personality type. There's, 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 when you it's get to a point where you're throwing up, that's just you just that's there's no benefit to it. No. <laughs> All the acids going through. <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> no, some people, uh, as I said, personalities. Some personalities like that. They feel as though they've trained. So. Yeah. No. And and yeah, you're right. Well, that was the other thing. Well, I thought it wasn't just me, right? It wasn't just me when I started like, oh, I need to push. It was the environment. It was the env- The message was like that from the gym where I was at anyway. <laughs> I think they also need to learn people's personalities. Mm. Like, you know, whether they're, there's all different personality quizzes out there. Yeah. And I think once you know the personality, personality type, because we do that with our clients, we get them to do a personality quiz. Yeah, excellent. Build desk profiling, is it? Yeah, similar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it just helps so much because then we know what personality they are and, and you know, there's personality where they just like it brief and short <laughs> yeah. and responses. Other people, you know, need a bit more technical information and other people like to have fun so they like the emojis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you're right. I mean, it's so helpful because then you can – individualize the approach plus yeah. you also have the the the, the other types you got you know, the way they like to learn as well yes yeah. kinesthetic visual auditory so doing that doing a bit of disc profiling or, or whatever that is that you do absolutely i think because you don't want to be a cookie cutter approach uh, no. A trainer no and that's something they should actually do in the personal training courses <laughs> i think they do now i think they, they? I, yeah. I think yeah i think it's i think it's improved a lot since um, yeah. over the years yep absolutely it's a while ago i did it <laughs> that's right um so we're almost at the end of this episode and we've i think we've provided um the listener with some good value uh, both the the person looking after some weight loss as well as we've talked we sort of switched into some personal training topics here but bringing it back to the start and the whole purpose of this show was to get you on the show today and and you know provide value to those that are you know, struggling with being overweight um, or even being morbidly obese and then with some practical tips as well. So on that note, just to wrap it up, any advice you'd like to, like one piece of advice you'd, you'd like to, in addition to what we discussed today, to provide somebody looking to start a weightless journey? Yeah, look, for all those people out there who, look, have tried everything and we know that we hear it all the time mm. they've tried everything look there is a solution out there and you've just got to find the person who's going to hold your hand and and you know take you through those steps and it's not as scary as what you think but you've just got to start somewhere and as i said we have that saying you know one day at a time one step at a time and one solution at a time and you know we've had somebody who could only walk to their letterbox Mm. you know but in the end they started to be able to walk down the street so for all those people out there who feel that you know there's just nothing out there there is there is truly i know it i know it in my heart um if you find the the people who have got the heart for it then you're on the right track because it can be really hard i guess i mean i've never been really overweight but i can i can imagine how you know you must feel it's like you're in a dark place almost because you feel like worthless you feel it, it's and also the industry can be intimidating yeah right. well it is i mean look as i said we hear it all the time in our community we hold we get people together and we hear people's stories and yeah, it's heartbreaking, you know, when you hear that someone didn't even want to leave their home, you know, like for two years and you just think, oh, my goodness. Mm. But, you know, they have started and they're starting to get out. So, as I said, there is hope. you just got to find the right people who've got a heart and we're, we're very big on that, have a heart for helping people. 
How can people find you? On Facebook. <laughs> under Weight Loss Coaching Works or mm-hmm. under JD Active Facebook. Excellent. So. And on that note, is there anything that you'd like to offer to our listeners today? Look, if you want to know more information, want to research yep. it more, just pop a message in Messenger and, yeah, we'd love to, you know, message back and have a chat and see what we can do. So, as I said, it's just that finding that person who's got the heart for helping and finding the right community. Um, there you go. So you've, you've got something to offer there. You've got a complimentary consultation. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's all right. Yep. So, I mean, for anybody listening, you know, like if they're a bit afraid and there's no commitment, guys, you know, just get in touch with Julie uh, and the team. No, they don't bite. Have a chat to them. Just all it takes is just having that chat, having that first conversation and, you know, see where it takes you. And with that, Julie, it's been amazing having you on the show today. And um, I look forward to... Yeah, continue working with you. For anybody listening, by the way, we, we, we were sort of working on some collaboration, helping each other and making a bigger impact. So keep an eye out on that and we'll put some more updates on that in the show notes. Yes, we're um, having a healthy world. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right, Julie. Well, you enjoy uh, the, the rest of this long weekend and I look forward to... I will. Same to you. You've had two long weekends, lucky you. Oh, no. I've been working hard. I've oh, been working, right. yeah, because we, we've reopened the gym now so right. we've been we've been we've been um, on the pump but which is good back to, it's good back to yes. the new norm yes but thank awesome. you very much thanks awesome i really really enjoyed it me too bye-bye